What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. John and I are back a day late, but it allowed us to catch up on a bunch of stuff because G1 is still going and it was another crazy week. John, what's up? What's up, man? So, I don't even know what to start. I think we'll probably start off because I'm, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this because, you know, we don't we don't really talk a lot about this stuff until... We do our podcast, so a lot of times, you know, I'm kind of just getting your thoughts live on the air. So the first thing I, I kind of want to talk about is AEW and TNT announced their October 2nd start date for Wednesday. Uh, their new weekly TV show could be called Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, and so they did this, and uh, a lot of their talent was at something called the TCAs. I'm not exactly sure. It's some TV uh, conference or something. And uh, and there was a guy who was kind of front and center at this thing uh, who has not really been at front and center when it comes to AEW. Jungle Boy. I saw this guy in every photo he probably got the most publicity from all of those folks because everyone in TV knows who his dad is. And so I thought it was so smart to put him up in front of, uh, of, of all those, all those folks. And they had like 10 guys there or whatever. And, uh, and he was front and center And I thought it was really smart when I thought back because obviously his pops, in a really successful show, Riverdale. His old show, Beverly Hills 90210, is getting sort of rebooted in this interesting way. And part of the story in that show is, what do you do? Because Luke is gone. And Luke is also in a movie that drops tonight, as we're recording this, the new Quentin Tarantino movie. So, like, Jungle Boy was like the hottest thing at this conference. And I saw him... He had a lot of interesting quotes talking about his dad. Uh, and, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking like, man, th- it, like, I, do they still have Tiger Beat? Because this guy needs to be on the cover of Tiger Beat. Like, well, what did you think about that whole thing? And just, you know, seeing him in a suit, uh, you know, looking just like his dad, except for the hair. Like, it was kind of surreal. Yeah, no, it's cool. And I think it's a good thing. I think and it's kind of a natural thing, too, honestly, for AEW to put him out there. Especially with the executives and the big you know, TV bigwigs and whatnot, because they know his dad, and you know, and then that's going to start up conversation. No one knows who a Kenny Omega is, or a Cody Rhodes, or Brandy Rhodes. You know, they they don't know them, but they know Luke Perry. So when they see his son here, who is a pro wrestler, or even on this new wrestling show on a, a big network. You know, they, they'll definitely can get their foot in the door that way and get get noticed and get interviews. And it's a smart move to put them out there and. As we talked about many times, I, we, we, we know that if all goes according to plan, that Jungle Boy is going to be a big star for them. Mm-hmm. And yet another guy WWE would have missed out on because one of the things and, – and, and how is – I'm, I'm going to kind of hopefully paint a picture for some folks because I clearly, clearly saw this. So he's, all these pictures – you know, all this talent in suits, you know, dressed up. This is the new Snoo company. Tony Khan needs to upgrade his wardrobe, by the way. He was not looking, he was not looking like the man. Um, and then my thought 
of the comparison is the photo of DX and NWO together with Seth Rollins. And it's like, it's like, this is kind of like the new hot thing. And to paraphrase uh, Will Smith, the WWE looks kind of old and busted by comparison. Now, that's not to say who's going to be successful. Obviously, WWE is is going to be more successful, uh, and and you know that they they run they run the show. But just like if you see if you looked at the news from this week and see what's WWE in the news for? Oh, they did this Raw reunion show where the only people over on this show were all of their old characters who are all 50 years or older. And what did you hear about AEW? Oh, a new TV show. Here's their new, their new folks. Like here's all their guys. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to, to start something new. So one, one looks really fresh. One looks super old. I don't know if you've seen these commercials but um, back in the day, this is w- right when the Warriors were getting good. So Steph Curry is kind of like the, you know, the new hot thing. And Chris Paul is doing these State Farm commercials where it is Chris Paul and his brother with the mustache, Cliff Paul. And this is these are the, you know, the, this is the stories of the commercials. So they do Stephen Curry and his fake twin brother. And there's this moment in one of the commercials because, you know, Chris Paul's the best point guard in the NBA back then. Like, he's like the top dog. So there's this one part in the commercial where Chris Paul is going down the escalator. And at the same time, Steph is coming up the escalator. So it almost looked like Steph was like becoming the thing and Chris was kind of going downhill that that what that was it was a commercial and that wasn't what it was for but the metaphor was like really clear like uh oh I don't know if I would have been the guy going down the down the escalator and that's kind of what I saw in these photos is one company looks new looks hot looks you know kind of trying to create something and the other company is just kind of resting on their laurels mm-hmm. like I said this doesn't have this has nothing to do with who's going to be successful I just saw that sort of encapsulate what I think a lot of how a lot of the hardcore wrestling fans see the two products in comparison. And, you know, we're going to be talking about this story. We're going to be telling this story. You know, we're going to be right at the the precipice of AEW because we're going to cover their very first TV show. We covered Double or Nothing. We covered All In. We, you know, all that stuff. So, you know, we're, we're at the beginning of this with everybody else, but it's just... That's just the, the like in my mind. Those are the two photographs I, I I think about this week when you compare two companies. Yeah, I saw the photo, the really nice photo with the AEW crew all dressed up and they're posed and you know, like they said, they look like the new hotness, right? Like this is the the, the hot thing going, but it's only the hot thing going in our wrestling community, right? Yes, our, yes. Our little bubble. Let's be honest. Right? They still have to draw the rating on TNT. They still have to capture. You know, other than their hardcore base, and it reminded me of that photo. I saw that photo. It looked cool. You know, I liked how everyone looked. Everyone looked professional. Everyone looked. You know, um, the one that stood out for me was Jungle Boy. He just looked like he looked edgy and cool. He has that great hair, and that's you know, I, you know he, I'm, I'm sure he's never gonna cut it while he's wrestling because just don't cut it. He just looked. He just looked cool, and and you know, someone a, a, I think a young person could like, hey, I want to check out this guy. Who is this guy, right? But it reminded me of Universal's Dark Universe picture when they were going to release this whole like horror genre of films uh-huh. with the mummy and 
you know, they had Tom Cruise and all these people are going to play all these iconic horror uh, uh, creatures from Universal. And it was like this cool set, like photo just like that. And nothing happened after the mummy. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens once we get in there. And I'm excited, man. October 2nd. I, um, it's probably the first time in a long time I'm actually excited to watch a wrestling TV show. You know, and uh, I plan on tuning in and checking it out, and that's a good thing. And uh, and like I said, I hope, hope they're done with the success because, like I said, man, we need more places for people to make a living at this business. You know, people sometimes, and and some of this is WWE fans. You know, they think, ah, oh, you know, everyone likes the young upstart company. Of course, you like AEW. Like they're new, and everyone wants to see the new thing succeed. Look, I I think you and I have been super honest about AEW shows so far, right? We've really, you know, loved Cody and Dustin. Wow. You know, you even liked Jericho and Omega more than most that I saw. Yeah, loved that match. But also, you know, the win, you know, I'm not going to praise the stuff that I consider stuff that I would, you know, I I would be critical of WWE about, right? Like, Mm so... I think I think we're really critical um, when it, when we need to be, and we're praising when we need to be. And you know, we of course we want to see them succeed. It's it's more fun as a wrestling fan when you have multiple promotions going on and 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 more good wrestling going on. So you know, for those people who think ah, oh, you know, you guys just want to see, of, we, of course we want to see them do well, but we're not going to you know criticize them for something we would we would uh or or give praise to something that we would criticize another company for that's not that's not what we do so just wanted to throw that out there and and uh, as our our listeners know right we both want to root for wb to you know continue we know they're making money that's no issue. that's not that's not a question right they're going to make a lot of money with these new tv deals but we just want them to you know tighten up their creative let's build some new stars let's get me excited to tune into raw I didn't tune into Raw. I didn't watch the Raw reunion. But interesting, you know how we talked about before, like when there's a big fight, especially at my work, people come up to me like, hey, did you watch the fight? Blah, blah, blah. I had a couple people at my work say, hey, did you watch Raw reunion? I thought that was pretty interesting. So, you know, the, the old time, the old, the old quote, unquote legends got people to kind of tune in and take notice. Uh, so the WWE financials came out today. And one of the reasons why I wasn't too bothered by us recording on Thursday instead of our usual Wednesday is because we kind of got to see what, you know, what the WWE financials piece. And look, you know, if you want to read, uh, you know, really quality stuff, breaking down numbers from a business perspective, like there's tons of guys, you know, Brandon Thurston is, is really good on Twitter uh, with that, you know. Uh, and so, you know, next next week's Observer it will also have tons of information. Yeah. So I don't really want to talk about that. What I thought was so interesting was what I thought was Vince McMahon's first real shot, which was he kept calling. He didn't call AEW by name. He just kept calling them, you know, the other promotion or the or the upstart or whatever. But he kept labeling them as a blood and guts promotion. And I thought this was so interesting. Because if you remember, I know you remember, but back when the Attitude Era was exploding and Eric Bischoff 
saw it as, you know, they, they won't last because it's, you know, it's, it's a fad and, and, you know, people, you know, people, we, we are, we are family entertainment and that's kind of stuff that, you know, when you limit who your audience is, you know, it's bad. And, and what happened is, is more teenagers watched the Attitude Era than, <laughs> than, you know, Eric Bischoff's wholesome, you know, WCW. And so I thought it was so interesting that Vince sort of labeled them that way. And I think this is my, this is my sort of thought, which is Vince... You know, everyone, everyone in this who who's going to pay attention to wrestling is going to pay attention to what Vince says, right? Even guys at Turner are going to pay attention to what Vince says because, you know, that's who they would really want. Like if you ask them, it's like, oh yeah, you know, we'd rather have WWE because we know, you know, we're going to get this audience. But you know, now we're backing AEW, and this is how it's going to work. But you know, they're still going to listen to him because he speaks, and and in this industry, people listen. So, I think he said that. Just making sure that Turner kind of kept an eye on on what they can do, right? Because blood and guts is something that Vince doesn't really do on WWE. There, you know, sometimes they'll they'll do it. You know, the, the you get the Becky Lynch getting her nose broken, but that was you know that was not the plan for her to get her bro- nose broken and she's bloodying and bleeding in the face. You know, people are going to point to the time when Brock Lesnar opened up Randy Orton with the elbows and all that stuff. And yeah, that was kind of, you know, that's what they did and probably not necessary, but that's what they wanted to do for this sort of realism (laughs) situation. But I think he really wants Turner to go, hmm, I need to keep an eye on this stuff because we are Turner, you know, we are not this risque network. So I think that was sort of strike. That was like Vince's first strike. And is something WWE doesn't do. So it's almost like Vince is saying, hey, guys, over there in Turner, you know, just keep an eye on your boys. You don't know what's going to happen with all this blood and guts. I just I just thought it was fascinating. I thought it was Vince just playing the politic game already, just knowing that because it's the conference call, people are going to, you know, going to kind of cover it and pay attention to it. So I just thought that that, that was, it was a sort of a subtle way of already creating, you know, this, this – uh, slight whatever it is you know whatever people think about AEW who don't know about AEW the people who follow WWE and don't follow them they're gonna go oh yeah the blood and guts guys I just thought it was I thought it was so brilliant for Vince to do that oh yeah man and we all talk about Vince the old man he's losing it but you know he's still a smart shrewd businessman and you know you know him saying that just just Part of the part of the deal, like you said, get Turner like to listen and get Turner thinking like, oh, did we really invest in the right thing? Is this going to be too much? But I mean, come on. I mean, both promotions are going to have their violence. I mean, we just saw in the last pay per view, Braun Strowman power slam Bobby Lashley through some kind of scaffolding or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there and we see kendo sticks. We see, you know, we just saw shoot. We yeah, just the last show too. Rollins just destroying you know corbin with the kendo stick and the chair shots and mm-hmm. stuff like that so you know, it, it, uh, wait wait just, uh, corbin giving becky lynch his finisher yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like i said i told you brock should have gave the f5 yeah uh, yeah yeah uh but uh yeah so every promotion he's just he's just he's just throwing a little stuff I, and i like i like the idea of like saying upstart 
like WWE, like, you know, they still got ways to go. You know what I mean? They still got ways to go, people. That's what I want to tell you. I think that's pretty. I, think, I love Vince. You know, he's crazy. I love him. I would love to meet that guy <laughs> for like five minutes, you know, just because at the keys, he's just the most fascinating person. And, you know, I, I know he'll never write it because he's just too busy, but God, I wish Dave would just write the book about Vince. It'd be awesome. Or Cornette would be great too. He could write it too as well. Um, I also find it pretty fascinating that, you know, Vince is this ha ha ha, these young upstarts. And yet he's trying to create a football league to go head up against the NFL. Like yeah, yeah. at the same time. It's mm-hmm. amazing. This stuff is yeah. this this stuff is great. Yeah, I don't see the football league lasting as long as the NFL <laughs> did, I don't think. You know? Yeah, yeah. Good luck, Vince. So you mentioned you didn't watch the Raw reunion. I caught maybe the first seventy-five minutes of it. Uh, nothing. I didn't. I didn't think anything special. Kind of boring. Surprisingly so, because of so many great performers. But I. But I did miss the. You know the 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 top stars that did. Come. I didn't see Austin. I didn't see DX. I didn't see Flair. I didn't see Hogan. And I, I will eventually catch up and and watch. You know the end of that stuff. But the thing I wanted to ask you was. Okay, they. This is an idea from the USA Network to try and raise the ratings. They did. I think it was three point oh nine million on a show where they basically threw out all of the sands, except for the Rock. Right, the the Rock wasn't there, but every other possible high. Uh, demand, uh, you know, f- fan favorite that they possibly could put out there, and they did uh, a rating that is really good for for today, but one that I don't know was sort of disappointing if you think about all the firepower that they threw out there. And what I wonder is because there, you know, there's this talk that you know, what are they going to do for SmackDown? And, and and they got, you know, do they have these ideas for Raw? And with AEW, there brings competition and maybe NXT goes to FS1. But how do you think they're going to compete? Because the only way that they usually do that today is to bring back the old vets. And and and, and really, it does help with the teenagers. Like like all the all the stars, you know, that that they didn't get to see when they were growing up because they were too young, but their parents have told them about. They did come back to to watch this show. So, I just wonder, you know, is there is there a is there a rabbit, you know, that they can pull out of the hat? Or do you see like this being their rabbit, like just kind of like, oh, this week bring back X Pac. Next week we're bringing back Razor Ramon. The following week we're bringing back Big Kev. Like, can't, what are they gonna do to really bring some audience back? Because they tried to do this and it worked to some extent, but it's not like they built anything for the viewer to go. Okay, now I want to come back. Yeah, that's my disappointment. I, I read the results, you know, next day, and I woke up and. You know, I decided to check, you know, have my raw, maybe I'll go. Because, you know, usually if it's something interesting, I'll leave it. Because I tape it every week, but, you know, I don't watch it every week. I usually end up deleting it on my DVR. But uh, I looked, and I was what kind of just made me scratch my head was I didn't see any major angle shot, um, anything to really capture, you know, that whoever that, that, that old fan, that, that fan that kind of checked out, they they came back and tuned in like was it wasn't there, I don't know if there was anything to grab their attention to show up next week right 
So we, I mean, the rating next week is really interesting. And it's something I'm really looking forward to seeing what's going to be. Yeah, it's like what they do because they, they mean how how many of these old time legends do they have that come out? They don't they don't have them. You know, The Rock can't you know he can wrestle if he can get it through his contract with Holly, you know whatever Hollywood movie's doing, but he comes back unless you have him in a program just him showing up on the first SmackDown. It's gonna do really well. And it's gonna be cool to see The Rock, but. There's no follow-up to that. So how do you keep those people the next show? You gotta do something big. You gotta introduce a new star. You gotta, you know, or something. Um, bringing up a person from NXT is not gonna change anything right off the bat because a lot of people don't know these NXT guys. You have to build them slowly. So it's, it's it's a tough situation, and it's a situation they put themselves in, right? I mean, there's nothing really hot that they have on the main roster right now. The only thing that I'm actually interested in. Because he looks so damn cool, and I just hope they don't overview it. Is the Bray Wyatt stuff with his new character, the Fiend? Mm-hmm. Actually, that's the only thing I watched in Raw. Is I just watched they did the YouTube clips, right? And I just happened to just jump on my YouTube and you know a suggestion, you know, to watch this, and it was the the thing with Mick Foley and Bray Wyatt's character, the Fiend, and I like that stuff. I think that's cool. I think he's. It's a very unique character, but is it going to capture people? You know, like, is it going to be something that's going to be big or is it just part of the whole overall show? So, I don't know, man. I'm kind of it's kind of stuck. I think you just got to put on good quality wrestling shows and good matches and, you know, stuff that's not going to insult the people. I, 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 I mean, I'm sure it was funny and had some good chuckles with the uh, 24-7 stuff. But for three hours of it, <laughs> for new fans, you know what I mean? Like I, I just don't. I don't know how. You, I don't know if the new fans gonna stick around for, you know, the comedy stuff, right? With that kind of stuff, I yeah. just don't. So, it's you know, show number two that I'm really looking forward to in 2019 is the first episode of SmackDown mm-hmm. on uh, on Fox. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's coming in a couple of months. So it's some big stuff coming up here very quickly. I, I do think The Rock shows up on that show because that that's the so. that's the last thing that they can really do. What do you think about this? So we don't know if Rhonda is. I, I mean, we don't think that she's pregnant, right? Like, like no, we haven't heard anything about that. So it's quite possible that they're trying, and maybe maybe she will get pregnant. But she also, you know, coming off of her UFC career, and then you know doing. You know, a year uh, in WWE. I wonder. Here's what here's what I would think about doing if you have Ronda. I would bring her back on SmackDown, and I would create a storyline that you could go through for you know a month or two, leading to what I would do at WrestleMania, which would be. Travis Brown and Ronda against Seth and Becky. And I think because Ronda, you know, even though when she was working earlier this year, she wasn't killing them in the ratings either. The ratings were, you know, sort of disappointing, but they were way better than what they are now. And I think she's the one thing that is missing from WWE right now as the reason that, I'm so apathetic to the pro- to the program. 
not saying that if she was back, I would be watching it. You know, we were we were watching a lot of it just because we were covering the Road to WrestleMania. But if you if you tell me what's missing today that wasn't missing, you know, in January, I would say Rhonda. <laughs> like she was must see for me as a wrestling fan. I wanted to see all of her segments. So I think if they if they did something with her and Travis against Seth and and and, and Becky. I think that would be really interesting, and I think it could be something that would be compelling um, as you sort of lead into next year and and into WrestleMania. They've already sort of done it with kind of Ronda and Kurt against Triple H and and Stephanie, but at least this time you're doing it with people who are on your roster and and maybe getting the rub in, in that way. But I think that's something that's out there that they could possibly do that would be interesting that I don't see currently on the table with anybody on their roster right now. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that idea. Um kind of like to save that for WrestleMania, but we need to capture people now, right? So Well, I mean, you you could you could tease it, right? Like you could you know, Travis Brown and, and Seth talking smack and, you know, then they, and, and if they could build it long term and save it for WrestleMania, so be it. And, and maybe the this the, the draw is the storyline and what happens next. But yeah, that is just something that I just uh, of, of what they have now. I'm thinking of what could they possibly do that is out there and on the table. And that would be something that that is out there. What you do is you have Becky Russell. I don't know, pick a girl and on the first episode of you know SmackDown on Fox, she wins it, cuts a post-match promo about whatever, and out comes Ronda. Mm-hmm. And Ronda challenges for episode number two. And in that show, Ronda you know, locks on the armbar, submits Becky, holds it, continues to hold it. Referee's trying to pull her off. Everyone's trying to pull her off. Travis Travis. Travis Brown jumps in the ring. He's trying to pull off Ronda. Seth comes in. Seth shoves Travis Brown out of the way to, you know, because he's not shoving out of the way to, you know, fire back at Travis. He just wants to get Ronda off his woman, right? Yeah. Fucking Travis knocks down, gets back up, knocks down Seth. And now it's a four way brawl, and then you can lead it to a match somehow, in some way, you know, with that, you know. Uh, that sounds kind of cool. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> kind of hype for this match. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, whatever, whatever they do, they, they hopefully they have something interesting uh, because we're getting close, you know. And 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 so I was uh, I, I recorded with Big Dave I think last Friday, and he was really happy with how the show turned out because. You know, it was a Friday early evening and, you know, he's still he's got all his creative juices. He's not super tired. I'm not tired. And we're we're just we're just riffing off each other, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about NXT on Wednesday night to compete against AEW. <laughs> and, you know, which is an idea like that's that's kind of an easy idea to to throw out there. Like it's, it's a very logical thing. But then uh, our buddy Wade who is on our uh, on our Facebook group? He's he reminded me. He said, you know, so then what is FS1 going to do with Big East basketball? They're just going to like move Big East basketball for NXT? Like no way. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Big East basketball is, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what Big East basketball draws. I don't imagine it draws heavy, but at least it's 
you know, it, it's a different audience for them and it's a probably a fairly consistent audience. So you can't, you know, and you you're not messing with your partners and stuff just to appease, you know, WWE's wrestling war. So there are hurdles in all of that stuff and I think WWE uh, not to say that AEW is one step ahead of them, but I do wonder if, you know, they thought, oh, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll get, you know, they'll put it on FS1 and then they go, oh, but wait, they already have something on FS1, so it's probably going to be really hard. And then what's the, what's the, you know, what's the next thing for WWE? Oh, you know, we'll put it on USA or something, you know. On, on Wednesday nights on USA. I don't know. Who knows what, what exactly they're going to do, but there's just going to be these little chess pieces and these little moves. And that's, that's to me also just as interesting as, you know, the, the actual in-ring TV wrestling war. Yeah. What's on FX on Wednesday nights, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's another network. Yeah. I mean, they can, I, I think they might counter with something like that, like an NXT. I think they might go live weekly as well. Um, I can see I mean, that's the only thing you can do if you want to put something right up against AEW to kind of split their audience, take some bodies for them. It has to be, I mean, you can't, you're not going to move SmackDown, it's not going to move Raw. You can't throw the freaking superstars on there, right? <laughs> um, it has to be on a network. It can't be on the WWE network because. I mean, W Network is, you can watch that later. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll just be like how here in San Jose, California, on the West Coast, we were able to watch both Nitro and Raw right after each other. Because, yeah, yeah. you know, we had the West Coast feed, and we it was awesome. So it was, has to be something where people have to tune in, has to be live. Um, I'm sure it's been discussed and talked about, you know. They, they, they you know, they, they don't, they're not going to just ignore this. AEW and they you know they want to take a piece of you know some of their momentum out so and when it comes to the in-ring product you know NXT definitely matches and actually is actually superior in my opinion to AEW all in all way better talent roster when it comes to you know wrestling ability and workers and stuff they don't have I don't know if don't forget the referees yeah the referees are great they actually are they're fucking blow out blow AEWs uh but um yeah, so I mean, but do they have the, you know, can they capture that 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 fan base? You know, the casual audience. Well, it's just NXT stuff, but they have the they have the advantage of having WWE slap right next to it, right? So it's gonna yeah. be interesting, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be fun, and we are going to talk about it every week. So that will be that will be also great. All right, let's talk about the G one. I kind of you know waited a little bit because, <laughs> gosh, like. So there were three G one G one shows since we last recorded last the last show. If you want to hear what we thought about shows two through five, we talked about uh, all that last week. And so this week we have three more shows to talk about, and two of those shows were two of the man two of the best wrestling shows I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, but let's go let's go show six. Um, that show uh, was, uh, you know, w- w- was great because we had Ishii and John Moxley in the main event, uh, and and you know that was a really good match. But we also had some other fun matches, uh, you know, Jeff Cobb and Juice Robinson, which I was kind of flustered because people were giving Jeff shit on the internet for this match, and so I watched this match thinking. 
oh no, this, you know, I, I don't want to see a bad match. And then I watch it and I was like, that match was good. Like, what is everyone talking about? Like, Jeff is getting uh, almost like, I don't know if it's because he's kind of the new guy or whatever, but like, I feel like he's getting some, uh, some flack that is probably uh, a little unfair. Maybe it's like Michael Ogden's like burner accounts. <laughs> oh man. I mean, I thought the match was good. Um, nothing great. I was a tad bit disappointed in it personally. I thought they, I think, I think it could have been a little better. I think, Jeff, I think some sometimes I think he needs to get a little bit more in there. Um, he's he's, he's kind of he's he's a nice guy. Like he's not gonna maybe. I mean, and you tell me, you would know better than me. But just the political aspects of this being his first G one, he probably doesn't want to ruffle any feathers. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's he's like type of guy. But you know, like I think he's just going to flow right now. It's his first G one. He's and he's you know he'll get. You know more opportunities as he continues in this tournament um, for years to come, and you know him and Juice are good friends and and they respect each other. And I think Juice, I don't know if Juice is the leader, you know that kind of guy. I don't know. It just didn't. It just wasn't. Uh, I wanted a little hotter, but they, they didn't. It followed something that was pretty hot. I thought Shingo and, and Taichi. Yeah, so that was that was pretty tough. That crowd was really into that match. That match was really good, and especially the last like five minutes of that match. And you know, Tagagi like, you know, has that fire, and you just want to get behind that guy and just love cheering him on. So I think the crowd was kind of like they were really up, and then they went down again. You know, and it's for two you know Americans. You know, they're not really going to get you know juices you know loved, but you know they they. Not as loved as like a Tagagi or Tai Chi, you know, those kind of characters. So it, it was good. Um, I expected, for some reason, I expected a little more, but, you know, there's still plenty of wrestling matches for him left. He has a lot of big matches coming up, too. Uh, and then they had uh, Yano beat Jay White uh, yeah, in, in, in his sort of, you know, Jay, Jay's super frustrated and, and Yano does his Yano stuff. And then uh, Goto and, and Naito. You know, Goto gets his first win, and uh, or no, actually he no no Naito won. Sorry, Naito did, yeah. I, 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 I I flipped the the thing, um, and uh, and so Naito Naito wins. Uh, I know that the Goto story is actually pretty cool. I I I think because I don't see him as someone who's actually going to win this side. I don't buy a lot of it, but I mean, he's still really good. Yeah, he's 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 great, and he kind of gets he kind of reminds me of like like in the eighties, like Ron Garvin, right? A guy you respect, a guy you like, but God, he's he's better than Ron Garvin. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. different times, different styles, different wrestling. Um, uh. No, I just think he's that kind of like that guy. Like he's just a hard hitting, tough son of a bitch that you like. But do you want to see him win the big one? I kind of do. I would like to see that happen for him because it's that's one of the a big story with him is always get to the chance and never making it. But then again, it's also a a cool story to say he never did it either because I think sometimes you have to be certain. There's a, you know, like I said, like when I was growing up, like. 
you know, Hercules never won a WF title, you know what I mean, or WF championship at all. Any, any going tag to Intercontinental to heavyweight. And I always thought that was kind of interesting. Like, these guys never won it. You know, no one ever won a championship. And it made championships that much more special. And New Japan does a really good job with that, except when it comes to, like, their six-man tag and <laughs> never title, I guess. But, um, but uh, what I mean, I, I, sort of feel, I sort of feel that way, but maybe even more so with Ishii because, I mean... Mm-hmm. He, he that's may- who i would put the belt on for a short little run just a, a big moment you yeah know? He, i mean he may be the mvp of this of this tournament so far because he you know he had the match with moxley you know I, I know a lot of people are really excited to see moxley do well i am maybe not as big of a moxley fan as 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 others but i mean you know with the right opponent and ishii's had a good match with everybody like yeah. that match was really good and you know, I think people sort of maybe underestimate uh, how 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 good that was because it's Ishii rather than because it's Moxley. But I get it. You know, Moxley's kind of like the he's kind of like the um, the fresh guy in this in this tournament. You know, the one that you know it's he's the fuwwe part of this tournament. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a great match too. That match was really awesome especially the ending and and you know i just knew moxie was going over here i, I feel like he's gonna go undefeated until you know till maybe naito or something maybe him and naito in the finals or something like that um we could see that but uh yeah that was really good um like you know i did kind of exceeded my expectation i you know i like i'm, I'm like unlike you i don't think the, think the world of moxley and his work but he brought it here for sure and so the next night was so awesome. Yeah. So Zack Sabre Jr. beats Bad Luck Fale, and they finally do the count out. Uh, you know, it's, it's so it was so funny watching, you know, Zack run to the ring uh, like, you know, like a baby face beating a, a badass heel or something. He's running to the ring. Bad Luck Fale can't get, it, get back in, and he gets counted out. I thought that that was a pretty fun finish because they always tease it and they never do it, and here they finally did it. Tanahashi did it a couple times with Fale the year last year and the year before, I believe. You know, he I, that's the first time I saw that be done successfully. I thought last year's with Tanahashi was pretty, pretty dang cool, or maybe it was a couple years ago, whatever. We've been watching this for a while now, but either you know, I remember Tanahashi, did it. but yeah, it was cool, and it, and it you know it makes the countouts important. And then Tanahashi got a win against Lance Archer. Match, they didn't have a ton of time. They just under 12 minutes. But I love the story of Lance just beating the shit out of Tanahashi. <laughs> and then finally, you know, Tanahashi beats him with a wrestling move. Hell yeah. And the master. The best, man. He's the best in the world, dude. He's, 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 he's just brilliant. Uh, Kenta, they are... Really getting behind this uh, this win streak here with him, and he beats Evil. What's interesting is, you know, Kenta's matches are, are, are sort of very similar. Stiff kicks, and, you know, he'll show off some things here and there, but he's setting up to go to sleep to, to win the match. I don't think he's necessarily had that, like, really big, you know, five-star match yet. And and maybe he may not, because his his his, his style is a little bit different. But they are setting him up for the match against Okada with both of them undefeated. And it, and it's actually pretty cool to see him being given the ball like he is here. Yeah. Like, like I said, even on our Facebook group, someone mentioned like, you know, why could they, why are they doing the, you know, 
why is Kanto winning like this? Like you have to, you have to, you know, you have to have, you have this guy and you're building him up. You have to go all out, you know, for him. You have to go just, just keep putting him over strong. And he's like, he's doing good. He's doing a great job. Yeah. And then Kotobushi and Sonata was awesome. Uh, you know, two of the most athletic guys going. And, you know, we talked about this when I was mentioning the Sonata and Will Ospreay match where Sonata, you could just see him go like, F this man, I'm just as good as this guy. And I saw it in this match too. Like, you know, Coda's great. Sonata's great. You know, I, I just worry that after this tournament's over, you know, he's back in the tag team stuff with, with Evil and not really given a chance. But man, you know, I've just loved Sonata so much so far this year. Yeah, he's one of my favorites to watch. And and I know you have a man crush on him too. But like he's so cool looking and yeah. so good in the ring. I wish he dyes hair black again though. I mean that's just my little I mean, you can keep the beard funky, that's cool, but like go black. I don't know, I'm like the blonde, the yellow the yellow look is just not not digging it. And you can't have really dark hair and dye your hair blonde and think it's gonna be beautiful blonde. Trust me, I know these things. <laughs> and you know, I just I you're like you like I yeah. I don't want to see him go back to tag evil. Yeah, it's cool they do because they're in a stable. Like, yeah. That, but, like, I think it's time, man, Intercontinental Championship this year, or at least at the Dome or something, mm-hmm. to, you know, let him break out his singles. And, you know, I know he's had some big matches for the title before, like at the Cup and and whatnot. I think he had a title shot at the Kata this year that was really good. But, like, get it to where we're going to believe he's going to win, you know? So. And then... In one of the best matches I think I've ever seen in my whole life was Okada and Will Ospreay. And I think I think the part of the reason why I love this match so much is because when I did that podcast with Big Dave on last Friday, he was like, you know what? I think Will's winning. And I was like, really? Like, you think Will's winning this match? He's like, yeah, I just think it's the time. You know, the junior heavyweight has never beaten the heavyweight. And yeah, I just think it's time for Will to win this match. And... And this and that now. So I, I go into this match thinking, like, I'm just looking for <laughs> the subtle things of where Will may win this match. And so everything, I'm just like going, oh, maybe he's right. Maybe this is what's going to happen. You know, Dave's got Dave's got good instincts for this stuff. But then at some point, and I don't know exactly when, but it was probably like the 17 or 18 minute mark. I was like, okay, Okada's winning this match. It's very clear to me now. But, man, they were so good. Like, Will hit that one Spanish fly, and I thought that was the most slick counter I'd ever seen in my life. It was so amazing. Oh Yes. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. And then, you yeah. know, Okada wins a match, which he's the best. Like, he's, you know, I know you just said Tanahashi's the best. Okada, to me, Okada's the best. And I was like, yeah, he should have won this match. He's the best. <laughs> like, yeah. I have no problem with him winning this match. Yeah, I thought I wasn't feeling like beforehand. I wasn't feeling that Osprey was going to win this one. I thought he would just do exactly what he did. Have a, you know, have a, just a great performance that people, it gives you that, that hunger to see this again. And we will later on. And, but God, they kept, they had me guessing though. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm watching like, oh shit, they're gonna, are they gonna do this now? Is it, you know, I, I don't think it's unless it's the finals of a G1. I don't think it's worth it to do within the middle of a G1. Honestly, I, 
as much as the G one's great, sometimes I think because there's so many great matches, it kind of gets lost. These great matches kind of get lost in the shuffle, like at the end of the year or something like that. But if it gets done, like at the Tokyo Dome or or Dominion or something like that, I think it would have much more impact. So I would personally save Osprey being Okada for the title, you know, sometime in a picture like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't waste it in a G one unless, unless. It is the finals. Yeah. So I'm yeah. happy with what they did. Um, I feel like we're missing a show because the, the Ibushi-Osprey match happened before this, right? Yeah, I think that was night five. I thought we had talked about it last week. Did I talk about last week? <laughs> I just remember texting you. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Osprey's great. Like I'm on the, I was like on the board. Well, you me, know, you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe we didn't talk about that show because that, that's when I said – Two of the greatest shows I've ever seen. That was one of the ones that I that I had meant. But yeah, and that and that match, like, is everything I wanted Osprey to be. Yeah, his match with Kota Bushi. Like, as much you know, much of my complaints about him, like too much, too this, too you know, this and that. Like here, he's like they're telling the story, they're taking their time, they're working on their injuries, or the match is built all around their injuries that people already know about. You know, sometimes I wonder if that stinger was a work. I don't think so. But like if it, but it'd be a, be really creative. If they had had something like that to build this, you know what I mean? Because it's not really important for Osprey to wrestle that show on the undercard the night yeah, before, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought that match was just. I'm like, wow. Like he, okay, he's definitely getting it, and he's definitely one of the best out there today. And then he has this match with Okada, and I'm like, shit. <laughs> Which one do I like better? And I just think, I just think because I was guessing so much in yeah. Okada, yeah. Osprey match that that's I just it's my favorite match so far the G one, yeah. So, um, so then uh, yesterday's show, which I I don't know I, I I not that I didn't like it because I thought there was some good stuff in it and and including the main event we'll talk about that in a second but I think like if if someone asked me like is there a show that I can miss I probably would say this one. Um, you know, Juice beats Yano, fine, less than five minutes. Goto and Taichi, I know a lot of people really disliked this match. I don't know why. I it was it was fun. Like I I don't know. I, I, mean, I minus the ref bump stuff, which we're we'll talk about. But like I yeah. thought it was, I thought the story of the whole match. I think Taichi, like I said before, Taichi is a great character and a great slimy heel, and. You know, I thought they did some good shit. And uh, Moxley and Shingo, um, I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as everyone else. I kind of want. I mean, I was hoping. It, obviously, like you said, they're 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 probably having Moxley go, you know, undefeated, you know, uh, for a fairly uh, a good while. Mm-hmm. But I was like, it would have been so cool if you know Shingo upsets him. Uh, and, and, you know, it, it was good. I, I think, you know, this sort of was Moxley going like, okay, I've, I've heard it a little bit. Like, you know, my matches are kind of similar. I'm going to do more wrestling. And, and so he did. Uh, but, you know, it was good. I, I just, I don't think I liked it as much as everyone else did, though. I think uh, Shingo's role in this tournament is to have just have great matches. You won't win a bunch of them, but people will love your fighting spirit moving up to the heavyweight division. You know, he's a heavyweight really, you know, moving up to the heavyweight division and putting up a great performance. I think next year is the year that he's going to score more points. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so this was an interesting matchup because the next match, which was Jeff, he only had one win so far. And I think Jay hadn't won yet, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he hadn't won yet, which is weird, too. Yeah, so he hadn't won yet. And, you know, if he's going to be in this thing, you know, he's got to go on a bit of a run here. Um, But this is this was another one where I thought the pace was interesting because. And some of the matches that Jeff has been in so far, except for the Ishii match, which the pace was absolutely perfect in that match, I almost feel like, you know, some of these guys are working a little faster, and Jeff's kind of holding his own and sort of working this sort of methodical, you know, big man style. I mean, he's an athletic big man, but it's not like, you know, I mentioned uh, I mentioned this, you know, it's not like he's trying to be Michael Elgin, which is, I need to keep up with all these small guys and do all this small guy, you know, stuff. But Jeff is, he's a big guy and his, he's a powerhouse in this tournament. So he has to wrestle a slightly different style. And it is, and it's not like he can't wrestle a faster style because we saw, you and I saw this in person, his match with Will Ospreay in Madison Square Garden, right? Like mm-hmm. Jeff wrestled a much faster pace in that match. But, you know, his pace has been a little bit more methodical. And with Jay White, Jay White does a lot of stalling. Jay White's doing a lot of heel stuff. It just almost felt like they're both waiting to do something sometimes. And and so I thought that hurt a little bit. But really, like, if you take away all the goofy stuff, like, this match is probably a lot better. But, you you know, we just saw, for whatever reason, this was the match where they did a lot of goofy stuff. Yeah, I didn't like the whole, you know, Ghetto's really good as a manager and usually interferes. This this is a little too much. Plus, we just saw this with Tai Chi, too, ref bumps and stuff earlier. So, and it they felt like they were heating up to something big, right? That's what I was feeling. Like, you know, the, the, the stuff in the last few minutes was cool, all the reversals and stuff. Yeah. Like I just felt I felt like you sh- they should have cut that out, and I think Jay White needs to cut that, all this interference. So I, I don't mind the Zabisco stalling stuff. I like it. I think it's cool. Like him, I thought it was like – I just liked his, uh, his comment after he tried his first thing and it didn't work. He's like, yeah, it didn't work. Right. <laughs> you know, like, that, you know, that stuff's cool. But, like, yeah, the ref bumps just really took it down. And I thought they were just build- – I felt like they were building – okay, they're going to really start kicking the gear here. And it just, it just didn't just didn't do that. And Jeff, i like to see a little more. Like I said, a little more for him. It doesn't have to be, like, you know, throw a guy up and catch him kind of shit. Like, I want to see, like – Get a three point stance and shoulder tackle some dude, right? Yeah, I'm Send almost waiting. Fly. I'm almost waiting for him to go like, okay, enough is enough. It, it yeah. like shits on now. You know, like give a guy a big backdrop. You know, I, mean, I love that he's bringing out the big drop kick. You know, cause oh yeah, the oh yeah. Japanese fans loved love seeing a big guy do something really athletic, and Jeff's a great athlete. And I used to just. I used to love I loved his dropping so much I just almost demanded like every match they put him in. And we sometimes he wouldn't I'm like, Oh, you didn't do the drop kick. Oh yeah. And I was like, you know, I just love seeing the drop kick because it's just a, just a great sight and just stuff like that. Like and also he didn't do it in this match, but like he did in the match with Juice, like cut out the flip bump off the clothesline. You mm-hmm. gotta cut that mm-hmm. out. I just think he's too big for it. I mean he could do it because he's such an athlete. It worked good. With Ishii, yeah, right? That yeah. match was so hot. When it happened, it was a perfect timing for it to happen. But, like, Juice with that long noodle-out noodle out clothesline, like, it just didn't look, you know, I don't know. It just didn't look as vicious, and it didn't, it didn't, didn't deserve that bump that 
Jeff gave him, in my opinion. I think it's been more impressive. Jeff just went down with the snap school boy, bam, you know, boom. Yeah. You know, I, I just want to see him cut that out. I don't, I think he should only save it for really, really big matches. And granted, of course, the whole G1 is post, is a big, all big matches, but. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, uh, realist, like, realistically, realistically, how, how many matches are, is each guy having? Is it uh, five, right? No. Uh, nine. Is nine, it nine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's 10 guys in this damn tournament. I mean, I, I mean, these are like nine of the most important matches of Jeff's career. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, to, to, to what, what you're saying, I, I totally get what you're saying, um, but like realistically, you know, he 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 may, maybe maybe the match with Will at MSG, you know, could be on par. I wouldn't consider any of his ROH matches on par, but just because you know the viewership isn't there. Um, yeah, actually, you know, probably the 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 the, uh, the stuff that he did for Lucha Underground, or at least we think it was Jeff. But um, I, I wonder, I wonder how many viewers they they really had. Probably not too much. So this is really like you know this is the this, this is the big this is the big stuff for him. So uh, I, I you know I I would like to see him pick it up a little bit at the end of this tournament. But I also think a lot of this stuff is fairly unfair um, to him. Some of these critiques, and I'm like I'm not sure you guys oh, are definitely. watching exactly what I'm watching. But okay, I know that I'm slightly biased here so i'm, I'm trying to to well, be as like unbiased said, as possible Michael Elgin burner accounts yeah, they're <laughs> probably upset um <laughs> uh, uh, but jeff but you know what i want to see his match with giano mm-hmm. because i want it to be the fastest match ever in g1 history i want you to pull some goofy shit jeff has none of it big clothesline with some in tour of the islands one two three yeah i want to see that too you know i think i think yano needs to be beat like that right at least once in the tournament i just i don't like what they're doing i i get it like everyone you know they have their you know gato has the math down right you know certain guys gotta lose but like seeing yano beat jay white mm-hmm. i didn't, didn't like it you know didn't like it at all yes yeah. you know jay white's a former IWGP champion just headlined mass square garden with okada had a great match one of the best matches i've seen ever seen live and and he's using to Yano, I don't know. Uh, so I will admit, I was about to put Naito to pasture. I think he has aged like five years since last year. But then he goes and has a great match with Ishii. Like, I love this match. I hope that both of them got out of it unscathed. There was that the most perfect superplex you will ever see in your life. And uh, great match, uh, Naito wins. Uh, I was, I don't know. I, I really, you know, for for a show that I thought was like, yeah, there's some missable stuff on this show. This main event, I was like, okay, this, you cannot miss this main event. This is how crazy when it comes to like, there's so many good matches. Like happens like all the time. Like when I saw this match, that I was really good. I was like, yeah, typical Ishii <laughs> Naito, great match. Like <laughs> typical, <laughs> like how can you really say that? But it is true. Like it's just like they had their great match. And like when it comes to we talk about great matches in the G1, like we talk about the recipe. Like one of the main ingredients is just Ishii, right? Yeah. This guy has to win the MVP of this tournament. And I know there's a lot more wrestling to go. And or Osprey, him we're, and Osprey. We're not even halfway through. Yeah, it's you know. And Naito, like you said, he has aged a lot because you know what? He's been doing a lot of shit, like mm-hmm. dangerous shit, landing on his head. I don't know why he puts himself in this dangerous position. It's like he feels he has to have this danger factor. 
of but like potentially really hurting himself instead of like the danger factors already there with our imaginations of these moves. He's like trying to spike himself and do his reverse ranas and crap and you know and granted he did the one the Ishi which I don't like to see either. Yeah, it's just uh, yeah that that was I I don't like that move at all. But yeah, that match was really good. And Naito still has that charm and charisma that you know is you know probably second to just Tanahashi. So it's just. You know, it was a great match, definitely. But it's like it happened. I'm like, yeah, yeah, great, awesome. And they had like a you know four and a half star match. All right, so the next uh, the next three shows, which will all be had before we record next, uh, you have uh, the next show has Coda against Lance Archer. Which you know, Lance Archer, if there's anybody who's kind of made the most out of his time for this G1, uh, it's got to be Lance. I, if I'm AEW, I'm like, hmm. This guy's kind of on my radar now. Like they need monsters. Yeah, absolutely. He would be perfect. Um, Will Ospreay against Bad Luck Fale. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, e- Evil and Zack Saber Jr. Tanahashi against Sonata, and then Okada versus Kenta. The Battle of the Undefeateds. Whoa. The uh, the next I think the next show is actually on Sunday, so that'll be on Saturday. Um, Next show is on Sunday, and we have Goto against Yano, Juice against Ishii, Jeff Cobb against Taichi, which will be very interesting, the sort of the booking of that match, uh, Shingo against Jay White, and then Naito against Moxley. I know a lot of people are looking forward to that match. That match is going to be nuts. That match will be nuts. What's your prediction for Kento Okada? <sighs> If Kenta wins that match, holy shit. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a strong possibility because there's always that, was it uh, Kings of the Road, whatever, that show in October, right? Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. Big, the big one between that and the Tokyo Dome, G1 and the Tokyo Dome. So there has to be someone for Okada to challenge. I would like to see it go Broadway, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see Okada have that. You know, hit the hit the go to sleep where where Okada rolls out of the ring. I like to see that happen in the match. I like to see uh, Kenta lock on that uh, the the label lock or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. he was calling it. He calls it there, but uh, like to have that when the time runs out and Okada's about to tap. I think, but he doesn't beat him because it goes Broadway, so it sets up some kind of. The mystery can he beat him at you know at the next at the October show you know give me some something like that I would think that'd be really cool and I don't know how they do like a tiebreaker or something like that but I, but I would do something where you know Okada still wins the wins the uh, wins that G one at least mm-hmm. the G one of the um, of the the bracket A so and then uh, so this will be. Tuesday night, so next Tuesday, uh, we got Coda and Bad Luck Fale, Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. And I saw a stat that I cannot find now. I thought Chris Charlton had tweeted it, but maybe I'm wrong. The percentages? No, uh, of having two UK guys face off in a New Japan match. Hmm. I think he said something like it hadn't, hadn't happened and... Uh, since like the mid '80s or something like that. Wow. Well, I mean, he's 
he's on him when it comes to stats with New Japan. So yeah, that's 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 crazy. That's a crazy stat. Uh, Okada and Lance Archer, which will be super fun. Kenta and Sonata, and then the main event of uh, Tuesday night: Tanahashi and Evil. I'm actually pretty pumped for Kenta and Sonata. Yeah, that's gonna that be really match. good. And I and Archer, I'm, I like Archer's matches, so I'm I'm liking what he's doing. He's definitely, like you said, making the most of this tournament, and you know, breaking out from the tag team guy. And you know, it's good to have a monster, another monster. They had they have Fale, but but what Archer has is that intensity, that craziness. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's definitely a step ahead of <laughs> Fale. I like Fale too a lot, but like I just think Archer just has something special. His look, I love his hair, I love what he's doing. Um, he's definitely making the most, and I think yeah, the match with Okada should be really damn good. All right, so the A block as the standings today: Kenta and uh, Okada lead the pack on the A block with eight points. Evil, Ibushi, Tanahashi have four. Archer, Osprey, Fale, Sonata, Zach Sabre Jr. have two points in the B block. Moxley leads that crew with eight. Juice has got six. Ishii and Shingo and Yano and Taichi and Naito all have four. And Jeff, uh, Goto, and Jay White are at the bottom of the pack with two. So, like I said, we're not even uh, we're not even halfway yet, um, and uh, and we still got a lot to go. So it'll be uh, you know we'll we'll be back next week with the next uh, three the next three shows and preview the following ones after that. I was stressing the day. Really, was, you know, I have like a certain like system. I watch like a couple matches in the morning. I watch a couple matches at lunch. I want to go turn on the world, and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> there's no show today. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. like, you know, I could just, you know, it's just, I was like, it was, it was a nice little break. I like these 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 longer breaks between the the, the shows have been really good. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, this is interesting because you know for the last three years we've been really following this stuff closely. And uh, you know you are you are married. You have two young kids, and so you do have to find pockets of time to to watch this. It's not like you can get home from work and lay out and watch for two hours. Like that's just not your life. Not anymore. <laughs> and and so <laughs> and so for the previous two years that we did this, I could do that if I wanted. Right? It was all about sort of the time frame or whatever. But. Because I'm dating someone now, it's it's a lot harder, and I'm trying to find the pockets of time to do it. Usually, it's like at the gym or, you know, when I'm at work, like taking a break or whatever. And I know our boy Rubio, I, I, I want to find out when he's actually watching this stuff, because he hasn't been uh, communicating his star ratings to us lately. <laughs> but uh, well, He's busy, too. He's this lady. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's, uh, it's, so, it's so much easier to get through this tournament when, uh, you know, when you're single... But I will say that because it is important for us to talk about this, like I'm, I'm kind of proud of myself for being able to keep up. And some of it is like what you said, which is the schedule is a lot easier this year. Uh, I'm proud of it too, and also proud that I've been, I've had every show remain spoiler free, which I don't know if that's a sign if the interest is down a tad bit because. I still at times would go on my social media. I mostly stay away from Twitter, which is a lot of my wrestling's on there. Uh, but my Facebook, I have a lot of people with wrestling on my Facebook. Uh, but I don't see a lot of discussion. I know like the void our groups discussion, right? But uh, yeah, and I and I made sure to to put all the spoilers in like one thread and like no, that was great. You know, that, I think I think that that's worked. And uh, and. But, like, when it comes to, like, I remember last year and the year before, like, 
it, a lot of people are talking about results of matches on my feed of Facebook. Yeah. I'm getting like zero this year. That's and good. Just, just other than our Facebook group, which I think is interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know what that means. Like like you said, maybe because Omega's not in it, maybe some people have, have uh, tapped out a little bit. But I, I don't know. To me, like the tournament's as good as it's ever been and maybe even better. Yeah, I, I, mean, I would think that people should definitely, if they haven't got the buzz now about what Osprey's doing in this tournament, they should definitely check his out. Check him, check him out because he's been killing it. So we didn't get to watch the Manny Pacquiao fight, which I really wanted to watch. Um, but I had a, a previous engagement. I know you were trying to figure out how to watch it, but they didn't even have it at the movie theaters, right? Well, someone told me at work the next uh, or on Monday that it was at AMC's, but not at Century's. Interesting. And it was playing, I think, at Saratoga or something like that. I was planning. I know Danny hit me up. Daniel Costa hit me up. Wanted to hang out. but And I was like, oh, man, I do. But then, like, I talked to my wife early that day. And it's like we wanted to hang out and do something. So it's like, you know, she comes first, right? So, you know, I get a chance to see it. And I heard it was a really entertaining fight from the, you know, I was, fo- I was you know, trying my best to follow on Twitter and, and other social media stuff. And. Um, I heard it was pretty entertaining from what people seem to were saying. Yeah, what's your feedback you, know, you got? Well, you know, Pacquiao gets a knockdown really early, and Thurman, you know, is kind of the he's the younger guy, he's the undefeated guy. Manny's the older guy, and from what I understand, you know, because I I still haven't been able to watch it, but Thurman uh, did come back in the in the you know sort of the middle rounds, and then Manny kind of. He, he established himself again late in the fight and, and won the decision. And, you know, some of the punch stats actually favored Thurman as well. So it was it was a pretty close fight from what I understand. But, uh, you know, that 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 was an opportunity for Thurman that uh, he could have taken out the old guard and, and, and been on top of the world, but it didn't happen. But the reason why I bring up that fight is because the talk, <laughs> of course, after that fight... Because one Floyd Mayweather is sitting there, you know, ringside or wherever he was sitting, is whether or not they do Mayweather Pacquiao too. I think if they don't do it now, it's going to be really hard to do it in the future because, you know, Manny's older, Floyd's older, and Manny's uh, sort of back as far as being an elite fighter. And if he doesn't take if, if if there's no Floyd fight, then he probably gets thrown into another fight, maybe with an Errol Spence who is like probably someone who will beat him. And then once Manny loses, you kind of you know it's it's kind of all over uh, for that Floyd fight. So I just I, I kind of think that it has to be now or there it's not going to happen again. Um, so I did do what what do you think? Did coming out of the fight. You. I was going to ask you, do you want to see that fight again? I, I would want to see that fight for one reason, which is if Manny was really hurt that first fight, hmm. then let's see him injury-free. Though that first fight, how many years ago was that? 2014, I want to say, or right? So yeah, so it was, it, was, it was a while ago. And, you know, you're not you're not getting the best Floyd. You're not getting the best Manny, which is fine. I get it. Just like, you know, by the time Ali and Frazier did their third fight, they weren't at the top of their games either. And it was still fantastic. But 
I do wonder if uh, if Floyd, you know, because that Connor fight. Now Floyd obviously didn't take that Connor fight very seriously, but he didn't look sharp at all. It was just kind of it kind of looked like he was goofing around, which is fine. You know, he didn't he knew that he could take out Connor whenever he wanted. But I do wonder, you know, he's not he hasn't fought anyone of seriously for a while now you know and and you don't want to go out there half-assed right against someone like Manny Pacquiao who just knocked Keith Thurman down and then buckled him again with like a rib shot or a liver shot or whatever like the guy can still bring it and Mm -hmm. so if you're Floyd and you're not really 100% into it I don't know if you take that fight but I mean I would love to see it just because it's a spectacle and we don't have many spectacles in wrestling or UFC or boxing anymore. Like we haven't had that big, that big thing again. I would, I would watch it. Would I be excited about it? I would just, I I, guess, but what I'd be annoyed about is we're gonna have like 12 months of fighting over steroid testing again, (laughs) because as you told me, you gave me the Thurman Pacquiao insight that I should have bet money on, which I don't bet, I don't gamble. <laughs> but there wasn't testing done, or there was testing or some limited testing done between Pacquiao and Thurman, correct? Yeah, I don't I I I think it was just sort of the normal commission testing and it wasn't the the, the Vada testing that they do these days, which is so you know if you're okay with marijuana and poppy seeds and like that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, what I think what I think the normal commission testing is is just they test you like right before the fight and right after the fight. And like that's it. Yeah. So And I remember you telling me that uh, you know, Pacquiao's looking you know <laughs> solid and muscular. He was looking and fast and ripped. Man. Like you made me the boxing expert, right? <laughs> Come Monday. <laughs> Come Monday, I come into work, and my, one of my coworkers is uh, what I talked about before. He's one of the guys that watches a lot of boxing and likes to go to the theater to watch a fight. And he was telling me he saw the AMC. He was one of us and telling me about that. And he's like, I can't believe Pacquiao won. I thought for sure Thurman was going to kill that old man. I'm like, there was no steroid testing. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh man, I wish I knew that. I would have bet money on this. <laughs> You should have told me that before. Oh, <laughs> that's discuss, funny. We didn't discuss it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Well, you know, if there is a Mayweather Pacquiao again, we'll we'll have plenty of time to talk about it. But the, you know, the little, little little inklings of it are there. Um, so let's actually talk about Raw episode twenty six. We are full yes. full steam ahead in the Lex Express, which I don't know if you saw the like goofy t-shirts that the fans were wearing the lex luger call to action t-shirts oh, i know oh my god it's so bad can you just see vince in that creative with like pat and bruce and whoever the time was there at the creative going like it's the lex call to action campaign you know i could just see them just being yeah so he's, like, he's like he's like he's like if lex was running for office yep Yep, yep. What what would he be doing? Oh, he'd you know, he'd be creating all these new policies and it'd be a call to action. We need to get Lex elected. That's what we need I, to do. I'm sure this is a playoff of Clinton and his stuff with like MTV on the bus. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I think we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. this has to do something with that, like a take off it. Like he's running for his shot for Yokozuna, just like just like, you know, Clinton was out 
doing a bunch of stuff with like you know being on tonight's show playing playing the saxophone on the arsenio hall show yeah playing exactly that's what i was, that's what I was that's what I remember. yeah that moment the mtv one I, I heard was huge because it definitely got him over the younger audience um so i just think like you know they did something like that with blacks you know they let's put them on a bus send them around the world send them around the united states and you know, put them on Regis and Kathleen and this and that. You know, they're trying to get that. And I thought it was getting over as a kid. I thought it was, you know, this is cool stuff. And I'm a big fan of Lex, so yeah, I was with it. But uh, it's just funny, like the clips they showed. <laughs> Not much of Lex talking too much. It's, it's Lex in some Zubaz pants and a, a, his own T-shirt tucked in all the way down. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there will be so much more about this. Thankfully... You know, this show was much more about uh, a, g- a really good wrestling match than it was against about the Lex Express. Well, this, is a, this is a really classic, well-known, most memorable shows of Raw history for sure, especially the early early times of Raw. So, in uh, at the end of this, I will give you the memories of one Robert Silva, who uh, writes for uh, Fight Game Media, and also I- I've had him on, you know, for, for the boxing talk. A bunch of different times because he's such a smart guy but you know he's also a big time wrestling fan and you know he'll, he'll i always see him on twitter asking Meltzer about stuff in the 70s <laughs> from madison square garden because you awesome. know he, he remembers a lot of that stuff so um you know you know him and his dad you know we're you know watching a lot of the stuff and watching the boxing so uh, i will have his memories of this show because he was there live in attendance and then next week he's going to send us his uh his that show too because it was a tv taping so he saw both shows so marty and sean have their uh have their rematch i guess uh on raw and very early on you could tell like the order was you guys uh we we want like one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time because even savage like savage who doesn't really call the in-ring action um, as much as he does kind of root for the baby faces, like early on in this match, he's like, oh, this is an all, all-time great. This is one of my favorite matches of all time. And it's like five minutes in. So mm-hmm. the directive had to have been to just have this great wrestling match. Um, but there were there were still some things that, that uh, I caught. You know, Vince uh, calls Diesel a cool dude mm-hmm. in a loose mood. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's... <laughs> what the hell? I think he was practicing some kind of tag tag for uh, <laughs> Diesel because I think he already sees him as a future baby face. Mm-hmm. So uh, the the show the, the the match actually ends like fairly quickly. Marty's got a small package on, and Sean's foot is on the rope. But this is the this is classic Vince McMahon Saturday Night Main Event where you go into the commercial thinking that the match is over and then when you come back it's like oh the match has restarted what happened and but it was clear all the fans saw the foot on the rope so you figured mm-hmm. it was going to be restarted only vince is yelling at us saying that the match was over um and obviously the match is restarted uh i thought it was hilarious throughout this show whoop there it is that chant is going on throughout the entire show Big in 93, man. This is a lot of wrestling shows. I remember WCW. We got a lot of whoop there it is with Two Cold Scorpio. Yeah. And just any time a baby face did anything in 93. I think there was like, well, I think it was mostly Scorpio stuff. But like, 
there's a lot of whoop there it is I'm like man this this damn song <laughs> so i i loved everything about this match except the actual finish oh um, now we're gonna get into it so so <laughs> sean is like he's like rick flair in this match like he's doing like the best rick flair impersonation i've ever seen in doing all of Flair's great stuff, he's been a heel, he's put Marty's looking like a million bucks. And when we get to the finish, here's what I didn't like about the finish. Back in, you know, when I would watch NWA and I'd be rooting on the baby faces, right? They would do one really dumb thing that didn't make sense to me. And then Nature Boy would take advantage of it and win the match. In this match, the dumb thing was Marty trying to do like this high cross near the ropes and missing and Sean ducking it unless he was trying to take him over the top rope with like a clothesline or something like you would never see anyone do a high cross that close to the ropes. Sean pulls the rope down. Diesel tosses Marty back in the ring and Sean just pins him. I just thought that was a dumb baby. Like Marty wrestled like the perfect match and then he did the dumb baby face move to lose the match. You never see that guy hit a cross by in the ropes? They both flip out and hit the floor? Yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was saying with the, with the clothesline sometimes. I think what he was going for was like, you know, because he's taking that big bump, right? Right. But he wants to be like a clothesline, and he ducks down, and he takes, takes the bump over. It's like, you know, I thought it was great. I liked that it just ended with that. Like, this, that, that bump was nasty. No, it was, it was like, it was stiff awesome. as hell. Like, you he heard just, it. God, you gotta have some. I remember, I remember one time early on, first time I ever got in a wrestling ring, nineteen ninety seven. I was with uh, my, my my late friend Mike Lockwood, Crash Holly. Later, we got us Crash Holly, but then he was Aaron O'Grady, right? I remember where he was like at APW gym. This is like early on when I'm volunteering. And I remember like like in the ring, I got got a good chance to get in there. Like no one's around. It's like on a Tuesday or something like that, right? I remember going to the top row, like like well. I didn't get. To, I went to the second rope. I like, <laughs> got to the top, and I was like, "Holy shit, man!" It's like really far down, right? And I was like, "Man, it's just crazy, guys. You guys jump off this. Like, what? What do you? You know, what? You know, what? What do you? Like, what? What got you in you to get you to jump like that? You know, off this is so crazy. He goes, "Gotta have the balls, man. <laughs> gotta have the balls. And it makes sense. You gotta have balls to do like to pull off that move like that, man. Like he's just like that. That bump is just crazy. And I like that it ended like." after that such a big bump like that it to me it made sense and it was really cool and then now you fast forward to 2019 you got darby allen doing a coffee drop hitting the freaking apron yeah right? yeah and then he's wrestling like another five ten minutes or whatever you know and it's like you know like if i'm if i'm a casual audience if i'm like dad or, or my grandpa and i'm tuning in to like monday night raw 1993 watching this match and i saw that Marty Jannetty crash and burn. If they, they saw him crash and burn, roll and get pinned, they'd be like, yeah, believe that. Mm-hmm. If they saw Darby Allen do that coffin drop, get back in the ring, continue to wrestle, they, 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 they would just say bullshit. <laughs> so we, people forgot about that stuff now when wrestling. They, they kind of forget, like, oh, it's just a show. It's okay. It's like, nah, man, bring some, a little bit of realism to your shit. Yeah, yeah. So. What do you think Big Dave gave this match from a star rating perspective? Four and a half. Close, four and three quarter. Oh. Yeah. So he, you know, he said 
you know, he he'd sort of written that 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 uh, that week that you know the directive, you know, not not necessarily the directive, but you know, the idea was to have like a great great wrestling match, and uh, and they did. Like it was it was so good. It was probably now. What would you consider so far during 1993? You got Flair and Perfect, right? Mm-hmm. On Raw. Um, but those are those are two best matches we've seen so far, right? Uh, yeah, I like Perfect and Bret Hart too, a King of the Ring. But no, this is definitely, I think, when it comes to WWF, I would say this is definitely the best match we've seen this mm-hmm. year, or mm-hmm. in, in 1983 to this point. And like I said, it won, uh, you know, I know these don't really count anymore but back when we were kids it was a big deal um it won i remember it won pwi's match of the year at this and i remember like oh yeah that match was great you know mm-hmm, and, then, mm-hmm. and actually when the network you know we came up actually this is one of the matches that came out and checked out because i hadn't seen it in such a long time yeah so the next segment is money inc comes out with vince and vince vince has been kind of digging into them the last couple times uh, and you know he mentions the Steiners beating them. Uh, they they want the rematch. They're gonna. I think I think the rematch is supposed to be next. Is it next week? They they didn't mention on Raw, so I assume it's gonna be on like okay start a challenge. Yeah, because we talked about that last week where Vince kind of just made the the note that they were gonna wrestle again on Superstar. So, um, but they did mention that that you know they're gonna get the rematch. Um, so DiBiase again. Goes after Razor Ramon, who you know lost to the One Two Three Kid, and then gave him all the money, and then you know One Two Three Kid ran out of the ring to steal his money. So of course, DiBiase's like, "Come on, man! Like you're giving away the money." And so he goes after Razor, makes fun of the machismo, and then Razor comes out, and you know DiBiase basically tells him, "Look, you know everyone's got a price," and he throws money at Razor, and then Razor goes nuts and like tosses you know tosses them both over the top rope and uh and and dibiase is gonna get the kid uh i think for the one of the future future matches he's, yeah, he's gonna get the one to two three prove kid. that he's so far superior to razor ramon because he's gonna wipe the mat with the one two three kid i think that happens i think next week right uh yeah i don't know i don't i don't remember that match specifically but uh but i really wanted to watch it <laughs> that's yeah, for sure it's probably really damn good Okay, so uh, Men on a Mission debut here, and uh, Oscar, you know, wraps the promo to the ring. I didn't even catch who they wrestled. No, it was really quick. One was familiar. The other guy was not. I'm trying to remember who it was. I, I, it kind of, I forget, but it just honestly doesn't really matter. But, like, it, you know, I I dug the Men on a Mission. I, I dug their moves i dug i think the crowd enjoyed them you know i like the i like that finish they did that that you know top rope mo because of the top rope crashes onto mabel who crashes onto the opponent like yeah. squishes him that that was cool the rap stuff i mean <laughs> oscar you're no you're the men on the mission mabel mo you're no chip foo mock foo and pock foo with the foo schnickens all right you just, <laughs> just don't got that you just don't got that that oomph you know what i'm saying um so yeah, it's just it's just what's with this bad rapping gimmicks in wrestling? Like, I don't know. PN News, that was PN News, the uh, Wrestle War ninety <laughs> rap video. Actually, that, that song's pretty awesome. Oh my god! Um, so you know, WWE's usually really good at the timing of this stuff, but Oscar's like cutting a promo 
with the mic, or I mean, with the camera right in his face, mm-hmm. right in the background of Men on a Mission doing their finish. And you almost kind of don't even see it because Oscar's face is kind of in the way. So they were a little bit of a timing issue with that. Uh, I, I mean, I get what they were trying to do, but they a little bit of a timing issue. And, and maybe the camera wasn't in the perfect uh, spot. But um, so Men on a Mission is here. They they are here to stay. The Anytime I see uh, Oscar, I just think of that time we're at Cauliflower. And we walk in that little area, the autograph area, right? That little autograph, the little convention area. Mm-hmm. I just remember looking over. I think right next to Jim Brunzel and Greg Donya <laughs> was Mo with like no, no Oscar, sorry, with Oscar with like one little eight by ten. Like I yeah. feel like it was like one. And he just looked at me, I made eye contact with him, I just smiled and he smiled back, but he looked so sad. It just was sad. I, I, I don't see I don't really like going these autograph things because I just don't want to see the old timers just waiting for money from you know fans. But yeah. it just it just looked I was I I when I'm watching this match, I'm thinking that moment and then yeah, poorly timed by Oscar. I wonder if he got a lashing for that. Like you're supposed to do that earlier. Did Oscar ever have a match? No, but he finally got his ass kicked when they turned heel on him though. Mm. I don't know if he got his ass kicked before that. I don't remember him getting his ass kicked. Remember when Mabel and Mo uh, uh, turned on him in ninety? Was it ninety four? Yeah, is I remember that. So the SummerSlam report last last week we saw Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler being promoted. This week it is the Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez in a rest in peace match, which they they don't know the rules or anything about yet. Which is weird because we haven't really seen Giant Gonzalez at all, and it's all been about Mr. Hughes. But, and he's gone now, right? Uh, I, yeah, I don't know because he wasn't on this show. No, he was on this show, wasn't he? No, no, no not the show last last week. week. He was on last so, week's show. I think something happened, and he's gone. And I don't. He might have to go read back in his servers because, I mean, if you look at the TV, it's all building to Undertaker versus Mr. Hughes. Mm-hmm. And I think they had to throw Giant Gonzalez in their last, last not last minute, but you know because something happened between Hughes and whatnot. His track record at WWF's not the best. <laughs> I think he came back for that one show as Jericho's bodyguard back at the. Oh, like, oh yeah, or yeah, like yeah. No, it was. Uh... Wait, are you talking about in WWE? Yeah, he was Jericho's. It was bodyguard like uh, it was Bumble. like ninety nine or two thousand or something like that. Whatever, well, yeah, whatever. It was. Just, I remember he like when he was like. I'm like, oh shit, Miss Hughes back. All of a sudden, Miss Hughes gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the uh, the next segment is we get a little bit of, more of Lex Express. He's headed to Philly and then to DC, and then he's going to be live on Regis and Kathy Lee. Hey, and, there you go. Which was a, a thing. Like I I watched Regis and Kathy Lee when I was a kid, and whenever uh, wrestlers were on, I was all about it. By the way, um, I, I dug the music, man. With the Lex Express music? No, the little... It kind of threw me back to 1993. So Vince, in a rare faux pas, couldn't remember if Lex was going to be on this week or next week. And so I wondered if he kind of forgot, like, you know, what taping this was or whatever, like when to when to mention that. Because Jerry Lawler does the same thing later in this show. So I thought this was interesting. And, you know, Lex Express is super goofy to my 2019 eyes. Um, 
it was, uh, but, you know, they were showing him as, like, a great Samaritan and, you know, someone you would want to, you know, your kids to kind of, you know, look up to. Like, that's kind of what the gimmick is. Yeah, it looked like uh, he was, like, comfortable when he was just interacting with people one-on-one. But, like, when it came to, like, that little promo he had to cut. Yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everyone, I just want to make sure your patriotism is live and well in the United States. I know. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, but think about that. Today, if you cut that same promo, you're kind of a heel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is very true. Um, okay, so then we get a little bit of a sneak preview of Tiny Tim and tip throw through the tu- tiptoe through the tulips. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You know, Tiny Tim, uh, where I knew him the most was uh, Howard Stern. He used to be on Howard Stern a lot back in the day. See, I didn't, I didn't know him at all. Like, so I didn't get it. But this show, I did a deep dive. Mm. I was on Wikipedia. I know it's not truly factual on that. I was looking up YouTube videos. I saw his first appearance on TV. I had this damn song stuck in my head all day today. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> but it, it like it's if you watch his first appearance on TV, man, creepy as hell, dude. He was Very creepy cool. here. Yeah, I know he was creepy here, man. Like uh, he the the thing with him and Howard was Howard would just berate the hell out of him. And you couldn't tell if he was in on the joke or not. Like, that was kind of the whole spiel. And that was kind of like the thing with Jerry Lawler here, except when, uh, we'll get to it, but when Jerry Lawler broke the ukulele, then he did kind of, like, try to act. But it was kind of like you didn't know if he was in on the joke or not. And I couldn't tell if Lawler was was bothered with him. Uh, so he it was there like to promote it. something, right? Like a, like a show. He ended up getting his, his plug out for something. Lawler gave him time to get a plug. For something, I want to say it was a show or whatnot, but yeah, I don't even, I didn't even catch it. But you know, Lawler had some, some really good one-liners, of course. You know, some great material to play off with with Tiny Tim and and uh, yeah, just an interesting guy. Read up on about him today because I just, I was like, God, I, I gotta figure out like what's his deal. I know he had was that song voice. popular? Like, what what's up with that song? I, he had a couple hits, but I don't know how high it reached. I don't, I don't remember reading that, but I remember it's his voice, right? That fa- was that falsetto, as they call it, right? Like, yeah. he could reach a certain height. And, and, you know, as a kid, he just loved music and entertainment. And he kept, he kept, you know, just kept singing along with music. He kept finding, he kept hitting it higher, higher, and higher. And, and then he just decided to create these, he created so many different personas. Like, he's kind of like Andy Kaufman. Like, he had all these different kind of personas, and he finally settled on Tiny Tim. And uh, he's a unique guy, married a couple times, had a heart attack on stage, and died. Jesus. When was this? Uh, 96. Ooh, wow. So uh, he, had a, he, had a, he had a heart attack, like, early on, like, like I think a few months before that, like in September that year. He died, like, November of 96. And the doctors told him, like, okay, you know, you got cut out performing. It just, you know, it's too, you know, too stressful. And like the, I forget it was that maybe Wisconsin, I want to say, if I remember correctly. And he, he told his wife, I think it's his third wife. He told, he told her like he wasn't feeling good, but didn't want to disappoint the people. Hmm. So he played, and then during the session, she went out and talked to him and said he was, he was doing okay. He said no, he's not feeling well. He walked off stage and collapsed, and Oof. that was it. Wow. 
Jeez. This tight Tim history never thought we'd get. No, not at all. Um, so Bastion Booger against Scott Dupre. Bastion Booger's beating him up and then just kind of like sits on his shoulders and, and like a kind of like a shoulder splash in a, in a sense falls right into the pin and wins the match. You know, Vince is obviously uh, he's got some big hits. He takes some big swings. He has some misses. You cannot convince me that Vince thought this was going to be a big character for him. I'm shocked that he got hired. I think this is a Jim Ross hire mm-hmm. from, you know, Norman and WCW. And I just just think he didn't like his his weight. So he made him like this. Well, he tried a monk thing, which is goofy as hell. that didn't get over. And then he made him this like grotesque kind of character. It's like almost like he's like disdain for fat people. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, I'll show you this guy's not any good. <laughs> And, and like, I don't know why Bastion Booger would. I mean, he did react big to the finisher. Vince is like, "Oh my god!" I mean, did that little sit well. Down I mean, sh- he he had like really good matches with Owen Hart back in the day, right? Yeah, Malcolm Singh in Calgary. He's like one of the biggest heels, you know, in the later run of Calgary and him and Owen Hart and stuff. And yeah, yeah. And then um, as him and Pillman too. If you remember, like him and Brian Pillman tore it up a clash. Number eight, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They had a nice little little four to five minute match. It's like Norman's, like, I think it was his big show debut, at least. I think he did a maybe a TV match or two. And, you know, that match was really good. And so he I mean, he's also a lot lighter than two, though, right? He's really heavy here. Really heavy. But he still moves pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So they tease a big match for next week, which is Bam Bam Bigelow against Brett the Hitman Hart. And <clears throat> I think this is where, because Vince Vince mentions later that Brett, uh, I think his parents are going to be there, so yeah. that's uh, so that's a little bit of a tease for what may possibly happen, which we won't say necessarily. But Jerry Lawler gives even sort of a bigger expose by saying that um, Bam Bam versus Brett is about to happen in a little bit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> next week, Jerry. Next week. So uh, he bring, like we said, he brings in Tiny Tim, and then uh, Tiny Tim, his ukulele king, breaks it because he calls Lawler not the Burger King, but the Dairy Queen, and that sets Jerry Lawler off. Yeah, and the crowd got behind it, and then Jerry Lawler smashes the ukulele, and Tiny Tim does one of the worst acting jobs I've ever seen. Like the, the grab the tissue and crying was just so stupid. Could you believe what you're watching here? It was, it was pretty bad. But you know what? I will say, since I knew the Tiny Tim character, I knew exactly what to expect. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, it's kind of weird that he was even on this show, right? Like, like why? You know, I, I you know, you said maybe he was promoting something, but. Otherwise, like, why is he even, you know, why, why why is he on? He doesn't fit with the WWE product whatsoever. What's the equivalent to, like, 2019 WWE bringing someone back? Who would that be? Like, 
if he's someone in the 80s, right? Like David Lee Roth or something. No, right? not, I mean, but David Lee Roth is so much cooler. He was. It would yeah, be maybe. like uh, bringing back like um, Max Headroom or something. <laughs> yeah, that's, good. that's a good one. <laughs> like something that was uncool at the time. <laughs> the I'm too sexy for my shirt guy. Yeah, right, 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 right. music theme. Right said Fred, but right then, but you know, some people would probably dig it, and they would say, "Oh, you know, he was a, he was very much a, you know, a, a trailblazer back in his day." But yeah, it would be something like that. Big Dave, like, I just love that song. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Um, so the main event segment, we have one, two, three, kid against Chris Duffy, mm-hmm. and Money Inc. comes ringside. To counter Money Inc., Razor also comes ringside. I love Razor's like non wrestling attire, like so Miami. Like, you know, was he wearing the Z Cat Richies? He had to have been like, it, 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 like, like you know, baggy slacks or, 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 or whatever you would call them. And so, uh, you know, one, two, three kid wins the match. His finisher at this point is the leg drop off the top rope to the back of the head. So the person is laying face down. And then, uh, you know, Ted and and IRS, they're trying to get to the kid, and the kid escapes. And Ted and Razor are about to square off, and I'm like, this is really cool. I can't wait to see them fight. And then they go to commercial. What the hell? And that was it. They come well, back, they and they the end the show. Figures, man. Oh, my God. And the Royal Rumble video game. <laughs> but I love those commercials, though. No, the commercials are fine, but... I know, I know. I was like... Can I, can can you t- at least tell me like okay you didn't show me what happened, but Vince you did come back and you know and get us off the air. Can you tell us what happened? Like you didn't they didn't even do the Tony Schiavone thing of like oh you know we'll see we'll have to tell you what happens next week. He didn't even do that. It was just like I oh wish, I wish they would timed it to where they just go they go off air mm-hmm. the, the confrontation. That's what they should have done. Yeah, totally. But you know it's funny I was I'm watching this. This whole program team, Razors, Bayface turn, and I think I don't remember it being this good, right? Like I don't remember. Like I remember him turning Bayface. I know he gets DiBiase. I know he has DiBiase. It's one of his last matches, or at least televised matches, you know, at SummerSlam versus him. But I don't. I thought they, they did a hell of a job turning Razor Bayface. I know the crowd was already starting to to get behind him, but like I thought this was really well done. This angle. It's different too. I really, oh, yeah, what I like about it. I, I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm like, I love both of these guys so much right now. Yeah, um, me too. Okay, so, so Robert Silva, his, his memories of this show, which he was live in attendance. He said, "The night I attended Monday Night Raw on July 19th, 1993, was a beautiful Monday night in New York City. Back then, you couldn't buy Raw tickets in advance. They went on sale an hour before the show started. All tickets." were $15, and not only was my coworker and I able to buy tickets, we were able to secure 11th or 12th row seats. The Michaels Genity match is the fourth greatest match I've ever attended live, top three being Flair Steamboat in New Orleans, Slaughter Chic Bootcamp match at MSG, and Triple H Foley 2000 Royal Rumble. Those are three really good matches to be in attendance at. Um, The atmosphere was incredible as the entire crowd was cheering whoop there it is before the match started and during the entire taping people forgot that when the Rockets uh, the Rockers I think he meant not Rockets when the Rockers were 
a team how great of a worker Marty was. These two went back and forth with one incredible high spot after another. The crowd was completely behind Marty. I went apeshit after he hit the DDT and got the pin. But of course, Sean's foot was on the rope. Disappointing ending for the fans after Sean wins. But what an incredible match. The Ramon turn was well done. And from reading The Observer, I knew DiBiase was soon to leave for All Japan. So Robert's reading The Observer in 1993. I'm super jealous at this point. <laughs> Jesus. And uh, I will point out that in attendance, right there in the front row, and you'll, and you'll see her in the next couple of tapings, Francine. No way. Taking pictures. Wow. Uh, also, again, spotted future... ECW alumni, Mike Urbeck, Paul Loria. There could have been a few others I, I just didn't recognize. But, uh, yeah, Francine's out there. She had that camera flashing for that Shawn michaels Martin Janetti match. What about she the was, great Paul Sosnowski? I am sure he must have been there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so he said, uh, Ramon showed more charisma in his promo than everyone in today. This is WWE except for John Cena. Men on a Mission was super over in their debut as we kept chanting, whoop, there it is, throughout the entire match. The less said about Tiny Tim, the better. That was pure horseshit. And then he said he will write uh, next week about the second hour of the tapings that was shown that evening as to not spoil anything. So we will hear from Robert again next week as we recap Raw 27. Yeah, this is a, a really famous time for Raw because they hit some really memorable moments at this time. We're hitting some, you know, the the Lawler, uh, sorry, the, the Bam Bam heart matches, you know, well known because of Lawler's antics in it. So it's going to be fun to watch. All right. So I think that is it unless I, you, I mean, you're not going to tell me you watched like the Dragon Gate show or anything. No, I didn't. Um, I watched a little All Japan here and there, but I did watch something. You know, my, you know my favorite thing on the, the network, right? The hidden yeah. gems, dude. I didn't realize they put on the freaking full show, two full shows, the Great American Bash Tour of nineteen eighty six. Oh wow! So you know that match with Dusty and Flair in the cage, like they yeah. had the whole show on there. Wow! And I remember seeing clips because of the commercial video they had, and it's freaking great, man. Like, I love watching that show. And there's also another one, too, which is the one with Ricky Morton and Flair in the Cage show. I haven't seen that whole show either. I've only seen that match. So I'm looking forward to kind of like, well, eventually finding time to kind of tune in on that stuff. Did you hear what they just put up today? The No. Was it Unhidden Gems? So um, let me see if I can find it. They put up the um, – the Pro Wrestling USA show from 85, so the joint the project one. between AWA and NWA. Yeah, I've seen um, that one. Okay, so you have seen it. Yeah, I've seen that stuff. Yeah, I mean, just, that's a big that's a big fart, honestly. Okay. It's just, just nothing, just a bunch of squash matches is mainly. Is it, wait, wait, is it the one with the, the Netherlands, though? Like the whole, that Ka- show? Kamala and Sergeant Slaughter is the main event. Hmm. That sounds familiar. It's a TV show, though, right? I don't know. If it's a TV show, I've seen it. I just don't remember. It's been a while. But they have that. It's, one fr- it's from Steamboat. it's from the Meadowlands. Oh, that might be it. That's the, that might be the show with Flair and Steamboat headline. That great match. No, okay. So I'll, I'll give you the rundown. Buck Zumhoff against Steve Regal, Larry Sharp versus Bobby Duncan, 
The Samoans versus Tom Zink and Steve Olsonowski. Kendo Nagasaki against Hacksaw. Jimmy Garvin versus Baron Von Raschke. The Freebirds versus the High Flyers and the Tonga Kid. For the AWA Americas title, Larry Zabisco against Bob Backlund. AWA World Heavyweight title, Rick Martell versus King Tonga. AWA World Tag Team titles, Slaughter, I mean, uh, Road Warriors versus Henning versus the Hennings, uh, Kurt and Larry. And then the Ugandan Deathmatch, Kamala versus Sergeant Slaughter. So this is mm. mo- mostly AWA guys on this show. Yeah, it seems like an AWA card. Um, God, I don't think I've seen this one now. <laughs> oh, right now I'm going to bed. Um, I'll watch it later. I'll watch it another time. But yeah, there's some interesting stuff on there. I think I've seen that Hennings Road Warriors one before, though. But there's some interesting matches on there for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, so I guess that wraps it up for us here. The one thing I want to say is next week we'll have a show. <clears throat> the following week, I'm actually out of town. So I don't think we're going to be able to do it. So what's probably going to happen is we will fall behind on raw and then when we get to actual SummerSlam, we'll probably we'll catch up again because they skip raw that week and so we'll we'll we'll, we'll get caught up but it, but we're going to be behind for about a month on raw by a week so uh yeah because I, I i'm trying to think of how i could actually record the show but i'm going to be on the east coast and you know it'll be it'll be a little weird so uh so we'll probably just have to skip a week so just a heads up to folks in case you wonder where we where we are for one week when there is no show posted. All right, yeah, that's a bummer, but we'll be back and we have we have a lot of content coming up. So, yep, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, that's it from here. So, uh, we will be back next week talking G one, of course, and uh, everything else. The one thing we didn't talk about today was uh, the UFC two forty. If uh, anything happens big this weekend with UFC 240, we will actually we will absolutely talk about it next week. And you know, Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar, solid fight, but you know, not I'm sure uh, not a ton of people are going to go out of their way to to check it out just for this one sh- this one match. But I mean, that's it's a great fight for sure. Um, but yeah, so we will be back next week to chat about all the things. So for John, I am Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.